Hello and welcome to the Ride It Out podcast, the official podcast of Summonats, the world's wildest car festival. My name's Jay Benz and I'm joined by my mate, O-Dub Webby. <laughs> How are you, mate? I'm very good, mate. What's been going on in your world? Well, there's been plenty going on and I've actually, just for our last show, I've actually got my cars finished. So I've been working flat out on my XY and then uh, my Camaro, I've had it all pulled apart. So got it finished last weekend. So all good. How about you? You've been working on your your Commodore? I have a little bit, yes. I've uh, I've booked it in to get some stuff done in September now. So it's uh, it's going to get uh, sandblasted and I've got, a, I've got a paint strip before then. But it's going on a rotisserie, so it's getting all cleaned underneath and inside and out. So it's going to be totally smick. So, and then I've got some plans for the motor. I'm staying holding motor, but some plans there. And awesome. We're just going. I won't, you know, reveal the color, even though it's going to be factory. It's just going <laughs> factory, factory. But I want it really mint with all the badges and stuff back on there. And yeah, nice. A few little tweaks here and there to try and make it stand out, and you know, bring on the haters a little bit. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's. That'll be right. No, hey, you're good. The, the one thing it's we've probably covered off on a few of the podcasts is that what I like about cars it mm. is they're individual. So mm. people just build their own cars the way they want. And yeah, forget the haters, mate. Don't worry about all them. You build your car <laughs> like you want it, how you want it. No, no I'm only joking. No, it, it, no, I'm, re- I'm really excited. True. Yeah. yeah. So, so am I. It'd be really good. I've had the car for about 10 years now and it's been sitting there. It was called sort of someone else's project. And yeah, right. it's sort of, I got it then really cheap in terms of VL money back then. So it's, Glad I bought it then and didn't have to buy it now, put it that yeah. way. Well, hopefully we've given you a bit of inspiration out of all this. Mate, absolutely. Otherwise, it'd still be in there rusting away. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. All right. This episode, we've got Summonat's founder, Chick Henry, on for a mad chat about life and, of course, Summonat's. Mm. What do you reckon about that, Webby? That should be great, mate. Yeah, fantastic. And I believe I'm actually going to be probably in that as well. Is that correct? You will be in that, mate. We will be interviewing <laughs> also... Owen Webb, he'll be in there as well. <laughs> you might even find and dig up a few photos of you in the uh, acid wash jeans and the jackets and stuff, mate. And, and the mullet, don't forget the mullet. Yeah, the whole idea behind this episode was to get Owen yourself together and Chick, you know, two two guys that have been so influential in the scene and there from the start to have a chat about, you know, equally both of you guys about, you know, summonats and life and cars and where it all started and how you got your passion for what you do and, and yeah. how it's developed into what it is today. All right, here's a word from one of our major sponsors. Burson Garage is your home for exclusive tips, offers, competitions, and expert advice from the most experienced parts people in the game. The Burson Garage program is designed for individuals who have a serious connection with their car and garage who want expert advice from the most experienced parts people. They're so serious about connecting you with the best parts people, they left out an online shop and developed the call and collect program so you can talk directly to their parts gurus. Sign up today and you'll be in the running to win the ultimate home garage upgrade worth over $7,000. Visit bursongarage.com.au for more info. All right, we are joined by two people who have been super important to the street machine scene in this country. Welcome Owen Webb and Chick Henry. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Jay Benz, I'm on the other end of this. How come? Mate, you've been What's thrown on the, in the chair. You've been thrown out of the... Uh, <laughs> you've you've uh, joined us for a bit of a interview in a different style today. Yeah, all good. Chick, tell me, where did your passion for cars come from? My dad was really interested in cars and motorbikes and um, 
And even though when I was young, I spent more time thinking about going to the pool or swimming down the river and that sort of stuff. There, there was stuff that I, I guess was built into me from a young age. And years later, um, I mean, you know, even in the most recent years, I've, I've thought a lot about where it came from. And I, I can remember cool cars that got around uh, at home. And um, and even though I was thinking about all sorts of other stuff, like, like where I was going to go on my pushy and whether I was going to get into trouble for bad results at school, <laughs> and girls and all that sort of stuff, all that important shit, I, I had this this car effect going on all the time. I mean, here's an example. Uh, there was a guy who, a fellow named Wayne Mankin, who was really well known in and may still be in Melbourne for, and I think his, his knowledge of turbochargers years ago and he lived just up the road from where mum and dad lived and uh, each afternoon he'd roar up the road in this bloody FJ that he had and mum and dad would go off all the time. He'd hit third gear just out the front of our place and they'd be going off and I'm thinking, no worries. <laughs> That's all right for me. <laughs> and so, uh, but dad was always mucking around on cars and I was never very far away and, and so I suppose in a, in a way it sort of became part of my DNA as life moved on and, and I remember um, uh, a couple, some of the cool cars getting around there was a, um, a Studi Baker Hawk a, an emerald green and gold one and I thought man that's the coolest looking car and dad took me one day to see um, have a look at an Aston Martin DB2 that had the engine pulled out of it and I'm saying to him you've got to buy it dad you know, I mean, Dad, Dad was good at working on our bloody Hillman Minx. <laughs> so how are we going to go with an Aston Martin? But, yeah. you know, years later, I thought back, well, it, even though I had a whole bunch of other serious interests, cars were never very far from my mind. It, isn't that interesting, JB? It's nearly every single person we've interviewed, we've, we like to always ask that question and nearly everybody was uh it's come from their father or their parents but mainly their father hasn't it and yeah and i'm no i'm no different i was just thinking when you when you're asking that the chick uh, so uh even they didn't ask i'm going to tell you anyway but uh really <laughs> simple. <laughs> i grew up on a on a dairy farm and i was driving tractors and stuff from the age of probably four or five and i remember having my first paddock basher about which was an fc holder newt uh probably about seven or eight and I uh, used to used to flog that around so I I had <laughs> an interesting story dad had a um had a fuel tank there and uh he used to he used to say I, I don't know what's happened to to the, the fuel it was full last week and it's down like a and I'm thinking to myself he'll, he'll never know like, what, what, what was he thinking what, the car runs itself doesn't run on petrol so it's pretty naive when you're a kid hey but um another interesting thing because I as you may know, or a lot of people may, I really love, got into spray painting, panel went into spray painting, and I remember we painted a car when I was, again, probably 12, painted it with a paintbrush. We warmed the, warmed the paint up, it was an FB yeah. Holden, and we painted it with a paintbrush. And, and then um, I still also remember my mum and dad had an FE Holden, and they took that uh, brand new, and they took it to a panel shop to get a, a black roof on it in, uh, in Dapto of all places. And I remember going to that panel shop and watching them paint that paint that roof. So, yeah, it sort of goes right way back into into that. You know, part that 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 uh, I've always had, I've always had uh, had a, a, a like high performance cars. The crankier, the better. 
yeah, and, uh, and streetcars. And, and Owen and people that know me well and know that they're, they're, that's what I gravitate to most of the time. But um, even when I used to go to the motor racing with Dad, um, I wasn't all that interested in who won what and all that sort of stuff. I was more interested in the bloody sound of that tornado made. Yeah. And the wheels that were on Bob Jane's E-type e Jag. Yeah. And it was other things that affected me. I used to love the smell of the motorbikes, that special mixture fuel that they used. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I was never going to be a sort of a, a circuit racing type person. I suppose that's why when I got it, uh, interested in drag racing later in later years, that, that came out there too because of the the tough street aspect of it all. But, but um, you know, I can look back on the part the, the parts of cars that really got me and it was the sound and the look and the, the, the vibration and the anger and all that sort of stuff. Didn't matter whether that bloody car was winning the race or not, as long as it looked and sounded good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And I, I reckon I was probably attracted more to, as I said, the paintwork side. That's why I went on to be a uh, panel beater and, and painter. So I was attracted to more of the appearance side. Obviously, love high performance cars and that, but uh, yeah, definitely that. Was that car you, you painted when you were young, uh, Webby, about 12? Was Did you rub it back or was straight off the paintbrush, no, not off the no. gun? No, no, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Did, you, did you block it back and give it a yeah, polish? Yeah. Or? Yeah, sand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. We sanded it first, then painted with the brush, but you warm the paint up first and then it goes on smooth and you don't have to buff it. You can't oh, believe it. Buffing them anyway, so. <laughs> I had an old van that I used to drive around when I used to surf, and I, I, I was in the army then, and I pinched some B Company blue <laughs> and, and, and painted it with this dark blue uh, with a two and sixpenny brush that I got from the, the uh, bloody hardware store, store in Mornington. And the, the day I painted it rained, <laughs> so I've got all these little speckly marks all over it. Custom paint back in the day. To get rid of the roughness. <laughs> yeah. Things we used to do, it just it really was pretty pretty wild when you look back on that. But they are the, they are the things that shape you uh, for what you are. So I, I think it was a great time to grow up, actually, and, and have yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, I do too. I mean, look, uh, it, the other thing, uh, I'm not. it's nothing to do with, well, it is a bit to do with cars, but the other thing about living in that period of time, everything was sort of growing. Yes. You know, even the, the motorsport side of things were growing. The drag Correct. Yeah, North, North Beachy, Bob Jane, all those yeah. people, yeah. And people were building some cool cars on the streets. You know, who, who would have thought that you could get much horsepower out of an old grey motor, you yeah. know, for, for Holden, but... You know, a mate of mine, he was forever wrecking heads. He'd poured them to the nth degree until he went through into the water jacket and then he'd go and get another one for about, <laughs> about five bucks from the wreckers. Yeah. But, um, you know, the other aspect that I grew up with was the music side of things, you know, the early days of the Beatles and and that was a cool time, you know, because, you know, I was interested in girls. I, uh, I went into the, into the Army in 1964 to do an apprenticeship. But it was it was a very cool time when you think about music and and everything that was going on. It was, oh, you know, it's really neat to think I, I grew up in that period. It was great. Yeah, I, I try not to live in the past, but when you look back and you see those great things, there was some, it was a really good time. And like you said, there, change it, chick. Uh, it was a real time of change, and mm. a lot of stuff was developed and and went on from there. I remember the first 
when we uh, uh, first few car shows I did, they were pretty small, but car shows were just just coming into into fashion as as such. And the first decent car show I went to, I met that man there, Chick Henry, was in uh, Queensland. We went to we did a show at a place called Australia Fair, and then we had a dinner that night at, at SeaWorld. And I remember uh, I didn't know Chick at the time, and I, I knew of him, of course. And then we're standing in line, he was standing in front of me and I was standing there. We just had a, struck a bit of a chat and then he did say to me, he said, one day, when, one day soon, you're going to start this event and it's going to have all the tribes, the hot riders, the street machines, it, whoever wants to come, it's just going to be a big horsepower party and within two years, guess what happened? <laughs> An event called the Summit Ads. I bet you don't remember that, do you, that night? Do you remember that? No, I, I mean, I guess since we've talked about it, I've got that vision of a standing in line there at, at SeaWorld. Yeah. And, and it's that moment, you know, that I can remember talking to you about it. Um, uh, and, and it's true. I mean, what's the fantastic thing about it, mate, is that here we are, you and I, still associated with each other and still as passionate as we ever were about what it all meant. And, and, you know, and and I I suppose, you know, I don't want to make it sound like we're bloody king of the hill, but but it was the broadness of our vision and and what it all could mean is is really what um, moved it along because you and I had a lot of very in-depth conversations about how... It, it could all happen, and, and we still do. We still yeah, do. Absolutely. We're still looking on each other's opinion. And, and, and I suppose the, the area I lived in more to do was more the street side of things, yep. whereas you lived on that show side of things. Correct. And so we were complementary to each other. Uh, and, uh, I mean, when I got out of the Army in 1973 and I moved to Brisbane, um, and I, I had a fair, I'd had a lot to do with the drag races and stuff in, in Townsville, and once again, it was there were some seriously tough streetcars up there, and um, and I, I had a VE Valiant that I'd spent a gazillion dollars on it that used to run fairly respectable times at the drags, and um, and so by the time I got to Brisbane, I really was fairly active in my mind, and then I started hanging out with some of the hot rodders and drag racers who I knew, and then then the street machine scene started to get a little bit of shape about it, and then we formed clubs and. And of course, it went on from there. But but uh, my interest, you know, I, I've never been a, a great uh, had a huge interest in, in uh, hot rods, like in the traditional but, style of hot rods. Yeah, correct. Uh, I guess because it's that performance element in me. Yeah, uh, that makes me. You know, if I was ever going to build a hot rod, it would have been more like what Fred Cavasini had. Yeah, when he put the had the blown engine in in there. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I'd be, you know, if I was going to build something, I'd build a probably a 40 Willys with a bloody uh, Sony Leonard 1,000 horsepower, 1,000 cubic inch engine in it. Yeah. <laughs> and it'd be course. such a killer car you couldn't take it anywhere. But that wouldn't matter. <laughs> as, long as, as long as it's standard right and I can drive it around the block once in a while. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But but I guess that, uh, uh, and I, I love the drag racing side of things because, um, the look of the cars and the sound of the cars, and, and even though, you know, you couldn't help but be affected by top fuel dragsters and stuff. And, I mean, I worked at the drags for about seven years in Surface Paradise Raceway, um, but 
and it's also where I met Victor Bray for the first time, you know, when he turned up there in his 57 with <laughs> fuel lines with the real cheap fuel line on it, with the, the woven ones, but yeah. without the red stripe on it, which was yeah. fuel resistant. And he had, you know, the, the, the 16th um, welding wire <laughs> got around it. And Ronnie Whelan, the chief secretary, he's saying, he's your bloody mate, tell him to rack off. Tell him to go and get some clamps. <laughs> <laughs> which he did. He went away. Got and then they're on my on my case about the fact that it was flat black, you know. And and he's saying, yeah, but that's my colour, you know. That's the colour I've chosen. Jesus, it was hard. It was hard work for him, but to his credit, he never backed off from it. Because then, when they realised how well he went, as it, you know, from a drag racing point of view, they couldn't say no. No, no, because he turned he turned up and went hard all the time. And see, there, there's me again, attracted to that sort of car. Yeah. yeah not Chevys, which I've always loved, but you know the fact that he drove this bad thing on the street, and and uh, you know, and the mates that were in our club, my ex-wife, <laughs> Doreen, who oh no, they'd come to the club meetings and would say, she'd say, tell them to shut up. It's <laughs> up the back, and I'd go up the back and have a have a scotch. Yeah, yeah you know, you you join them, <laughs> and she'd be to me when we got home. Yeah, anyway, but uh, we went to Foster one time to a car show down there, and there was um, a fellow with a, 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 a Keith Hutton had a VH with a three hundred and fifty in a real tough car, and then a mate of Victor's. Uh, Parker, I forget his first name. Anyway, he had a Nova. And, of course, on the way down to the Foster, and that, I think they used two bottles of nitrous. Hardly anyone was using nitrous. They passed everything inside. Anyway, on the way home, I had a 57 those days with a pretty healthy engine in it. And we're like a freight train. There's the, the four cars almost joined at the bumper bar, and how the hell we got, a, got away with it on the road. It was just madness, you know, the way we drove home. And, and uh, there was one part where I was passing a car close to a corner and when I looked in the mirror, they were right behind me. <laughs> I don't know how we got around the corner and I don't know what happened to the guy we were passing, but it was mad on the streets those days. It was good fun. But, you know, it really does. It's the part that I love the most. Yeah. You know, it's the street racing, but, but the street element of it all. Yeah, yeah. And, and is that why with Summonats that um, you had such a big, um, like a big element of the street, the cruising and that, that was such a big part originally? I mean, it wasn't until later in the in the um, probably 10 or 11 that we actually started the whole Top 60 show and all that. So Yeah, it's yeah. true. Uh, I mean, the, 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 the basic format of the Summonats in a way wasn't, my idea. I don't lay claim to that because the Hot Rodders ran an event a bit like that. They had driving events. Yeah. A and shine and a cruise. And I, went a, I went a couple of times, yeah. Yeah, and then the early Street Machine Nationals, of course, same format. And even yep. they, some of that really hasn't totally got away from that primary template that yep. we had those days. But my attitude was, and it goes right to the very top, which was which is going to be the top car of the event, because yeah. everyone goes to an event, and even though they might not be into show cars as such, they want to know which was the top car, which Correct. is the other one. You know, that, that's everybody says that sort of stuff. So we're always going to have uh, a top car of the event, but to to be that top car, it had to have 
the basic elements of what it was to drive your car yep. on the road, you know. So in other words, had to do well in the judging side of things. That's fair enough. Had to go in the driving events. And, and was no, we were never going to put those cars in the burnout anyway because the burnout was a sort of a, 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 a an off-the-edge event in its own right. And a lot of the cars with the good show-type cars were never, ever going to put their car, thrash it in a, a burnout competition. No. So to, to have the top street machine of the event, um, that was something I always believed in. And, and really it, it sort of underpinned the event uh, in every way, especially th- from an enthusiast's point of view. And, and so what, what grew was our attitude to the, um, to the street side of things. That's yeah. why on the arena they were like that in our top 60 show. Uh, that w- and then when we, we called it the elite show because they were the elite, uh, highly, e- extremely well-built cars. Yeah. Um, and then when we developed the, the tough street, you know, down the back of the grandstand there where we developed that, they were, they were the sort of angry cars. Mm-hmm. And then as the, the horsepower heroes developed um, and, and uh, all of those sort of things, we had the airbrush you know, when we were starting to focus on the airbrush side of things because of the graphics on the cars. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and in, our, in other words, we we try, we really did try and embrace. I mean, this all came through conversation that you and I had, but, yeah. the, but, but it was the way we wanted to embrace everything that people wanted to do with their vehicles. And when you group them, and, and let me say this, when people used to say to me, tell, tell me about the summer naps, explain it to me. The day that I started to describe it almost as a tribal event. So yeah. in other words, the, 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 the burnout mob, that was, a, that was a tribe. Yeah. The grass events, that was a tribe. The, the, the show and shine on the arena, that was a tribe. That was a street. There was another tribe, the mob that drove round and round and round and round and round. They drove 24 hours a bloody day round and round the grounds. <laughs> yes. But that was a sort of tribal aspect. Yeah. And, 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 um, and one side would describe it to people in a tribal sort of sense, they'd catch on, you know, where before it was all like one big lump and it was a little bit hard to break it all up, but the tribal thing gave it, made it so much easier for me to, to describe it. And then it became many shows within a show, really. Yeah, and that's yeah. still that's still true today because, interesting, Jay Benz, if you look at the, all the burnout guys that we, uh, we've had on here over the, the past few months, and they know everything about the whole burnout thing and up there. They wouldn't have even known half of them because we've asked them. Half of them wouldn't have even known what was going on in the yeah. yeah. So it is. It's very, very tribal. Yeah, yeah it seems they all have their own sort of like uh, little community and culture thing going on too, you know. And I think within those two, they all have their own set of, you know, their own style of camaraderie and the way they get along and, you know, um, yeah. A lot of the burnout guys seem to get along, but maybe in the show side of things, maybe they maybe I, I don't know. Is it is it is it more competitive in a different way? And it, it is, but at, but they actually get on. I think these days probably better than than ever. It was a was fairly fierce competition back in the day, yeah. um, but people now I guess are more I guess more accepting of each other and and appreciate uh, some of the really really cool builds. Yeah, and it's true. And, uh, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing has developed to the extent where it's such an extreme sport mm. in its own right. You know, I mean, it's more than a sport because it's a way of life, as yeah. we know. Yeah. But it's so extreme in such areas 
Uh, I mean, an example of, and I've used this as an example a few times, a guy that worked for me a fair while back, uh, Ditch Jones, and uh, he, uh, before he worked for me, he had, I forget what he had, an HX station wagon or something. That. It did. It was, it was a wagon. Yep. Yeah. Now he drove that to work every day. Now that car was so good at, and it used to go in the street category. It was so good that it should have really been in the elite. Now this guy used to, if he got a stone chip on it, he would rub it out with those little tiny rubbing blocks, and he'd rub it out, and it was gone. And the car was so perfect, and there were people that used to bitch about him. You know, because the car was so perfect, they, they couldn't compete against him because it, or even the underside was as good as the top, mm. you know. And, and in our judging of this to, to def- define a street car compared to an elite car, for example, we used to say that um, we judge it from the sills up. Correct. However, the underside still had to be good. pretty good quality. Correct. Some, sometimes people would take that pretty good quality a lot further, but yeah. the thing that still defined the street was signs of wear and tear. Correct. We would be looking for stone chips and marks and things like that. Stairwell wear and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the driver's seat may be a little bit yep. shinier than the yeah. passenger seat. Correct. And, 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 but such was the focus of people on the various aspects, that that was the extent that we had to go to. Now, it's really important at this stage to say we also had to have a judging team that knew exactly what they were looking at. And that was when we used to have our meetings and so forth just before um, the event. You know, sometimes, well, many times as Owen would know, I'd get in there and remind them of certain things. It was easy for Owen. We'd be talking about it on and off all throughout the year. Um, and and forever thinking of the development of the whole thing, but um, whereas the judges would basically go home and not have to think about it the way that we did, but because <laughs> Owen may as well have worked for the summon apps, you may wouldn't you? You may yeah, as well have. I did. I did. <laughs> talking about it, yeah, uh, weighing up and you know and, and doing the post event analysis. Of it all and all the bitching and moaning and carrying <laughs> on that occurred from time to time and how we sorted it out. And, you know, and there's plenty of people that were, they were so focused. You know, you can't believe how many people, um, uh, it, it's interesting, but it's sort of a bit sad in some respects that people would put so much money and time into their car and it only, sometimes I'm sure that we let them into the Top 60 show because we just wanted to give them a, a chance to be in there. But the car didn't quite deserve it. I told you not to tell anybody, right? <laughs> yeah, but the, the owner did because of the depth of enthusiasm. Yeah, absolutely. That people, people would have. And, I mean, one one or two cars out of 60, that wasn't was going to matter. matter. That would count for a lot. It, it yeah, doesn't. And that was a, a really big point of it. That it took me a long time to realise, or a while to realise that, Jay Benz, that mm. that event, it's about the cars, but it's also very much about the people. Really yeah. is about the people. And, 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 you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I, you know, when I think about my life, the, the part of my life that has been involved in this whole thing, you know, what we, what Summonats was able to do for a lot of people was to give them a place to show 
the thing that was their pride and joy. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, um, and from time to time, if it was, that would put a car like that into the top 60 show because we just couldn't, you know, the person was so enthusiastic yeah. and it was the love Absolutely. of their life and it was, wasn't a bad thing anyway. No. You know, but it was it was uh, giving them a chance to feel fantastic. Yeah. And, and it was that was a great thing that we were able to do. Yeah, uh, it's got to count for a lot, you know. It's got to count for something. And I guess in a way too, did you see it in a way that it's, it encourages them to then the next year you want them to come back and you know they probably strive for that bit better, you know, or something else? 100% JB and a lot of uh, quite a few people back earlier in the in the piece probably more so than today they were actually they would genuinely come up to you and ask you how can I improve my car and and I'd, I'd always start with saying I'm going to tell you some things here you probably don't want to hear but I've never had I'm, I'm talking back in the day um, nobody ever complained and nearly all of them came back and their car it was well and truly improved. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's I, I was driving back through Goulburn. I love that. Yeah, go. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I say I really enjoyed that part helping those yeah, people out. Absolutely. I, I was coming back from Sydney one night and I was passing through Goulburn just to stop and have a food before the before the freeway sort of went through. <clears throat> anyway, there, as usual in the street, there was a few of the locals hanging out there. Anyway, there was this young guy with a really nice um, uh, FB sedan. And it was a, just a real genuine thing. And he, he somehow figured out who I was. And um, anyway, I'm having a rave to him and stuff. And, and he said, oh, it wouldn't be good enough to enter. And I said, this is such a good car in, in its, you know, genuine unrestored state. You'll be surprised how many people will, will get a kick out of it. Yeah. Anyway, and our scrutineering on one hand didn't allow for such a car, but, but, we, did, but we made those sort of concessions. Yeah, for cars and the scrutineers, they knew they knew when that car was a good thing, and a, and it was so cool, and it still is to see an older car that basically is untouched. Yeah, you know, people still love seeing it. Anyway, he entered, and anyway, I can't believe that coming back through Goulburn one other time, maybe six or eight months later, there he is. You know, I'm stopped at the same going, going to go to the same bloody restaurant to get a food. <laughs> <laughs> and there he is. And he said, you were right. He said, they all come, people kept coming up to me. Anyway, I reckon it was probably three or four years after that I ran into him somewhere, or oh, well, he came up to me and told me how fantastic it was yeah. that he got that opportunity. And I can't remember whether he said he did anything further to it. But it, but the, um, the the best part was to give him a chance, yeah, give him a, a, an yeah. opportunity. And you were right. You, you said before, you know, that you give them a start and they'll come back. And it's true. Thousands have done it like that. You know, Absolutely. we a bit of a start. You know, I used to say to them, it's a bit like no one ever said to you when you were going out to the school formal, you had to have the, the, the big time Pierre card in suit on. But as long as it looked good and you polished your shoes, polish yeah. your shoes. <laughs> and that's what happens when you come through scrutineering. Yeah. Right? Blacken yeah. the tyres, clean up under the guards. Yeah. You know, make sure. It's spotless, you know, and, and you know, those that did, because the scrutineers would see that they've made an effort and, you know, what happened to them after that. But I'll bet you if you could track any of them down, they were enthusiastic as hell after that. And then yeah. from that moment on, spend a gazillion dollars on the car <laughs> in that bottomless bloody pit. 
<laughs> I, I have had plenty of comments in the last recently because I still travel around, seeing a lot of shops and a lot of guys, and I've got a lot of people and I'll see it on Facebook a bit. Blame me for all the money they spent on cars. I go, yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And, and still a great event. You still yeah. go down there, you see some fantastic people. The event, it's still got um, a lot of your DNA, but the guys have uh, had a whole lot of new elements and it's still a lot of fun and still a lifestyle for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. And, and people have, you know, come up to me and introduced their kids. Yeah. You know, that, that have come now, the, now, you know, so-and-so's driving the car around. And, uh, you know, one that comes to mind is, you know, Greg Young with the white... Um, uh, yeah, 67. Yeah, yeah. That's won the Burnout Masters with a carbureted car, by the way. Yeah. And, um, you know, his son drives it in, and same bloody car. And I remember seeing that at the, what was that, the, about the Second Street Machine Nationals. Yes, that's right. Same car, you know. But when you see that, but okay, I'm more talking about his son. And, so, and you know what, I've even had people come up to me and say they, they named their son after me. That didn't mean they call him Chick, they called him. I was just going to say. But <laughs> <laughs> I'd get that, I'll qualify that bit. <laughs> yeah, but that's an honour, isn't it? It's a, it's a, and a passion show for the people. scene, I guess, and, and yeah. the, the way they respect you for bringing that community together, you know, I guess, you know, that you know, you speak to anybody that's been at, any summon us, you know, old or young, you know, when they're starting out now or whatever, they all want to come back and they all respect the event, you know, in that yeah. terms of, of just that, you know, it's, yeah. it can't be replicated. Check this. Over those years, I've, I've never probably, I sort of asked you this, but have, is there any cars um, that have really stood out to you that you've really liked? I know you and I have talked about it when you've done your choice in that, but have you got two or three cars that have really stood out over all those cars? Yeah, mate. My because my taste is so broad, yeah, and I guess in a way I couldn't have um, delivered the summon ats in a, in a certain in a way that I I didn't have that broad feeling of of all correct correct it my, would have been too narrow if if you just went <laughs> without without that broad spectrum it'd be just a yeah. very narrow yeah but uh, sometimes the the cars that that stood out to me. Um, uh, were something maybe because of what they've done or yeah. a, um, a bit like, you know, when I've chosen the Chick's Choice car, you know, I, mean, I, I was going making sure it varied from year to year. But, um, you know, and if you don't mind, I'll, 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 so that I can remember it, I'll quickly go through them and you'll get, uh, I've written some down if that's okay. okay. Yeah. Now, now, obviously, in the early days, the pro street side of things, yeah, um, uh, Robbie Beecham's um, uh, Commodore, and then when Greg Carlson built the, a silver Commodore, but yep. then Greg came back with a, with a, um, HJ Ute, and yep. that was with a blown engine in it, yep. and that was the, you know one of the really early things. Um, then um, uh, Gary Myers Mustang, what what I thought was terrific uh, about that that really got me year after year was that it was only a little a little Windsor in it. Yeah, you know, and it spun like crazy, you know, which was testament <laughs> to how well, how, what a good engine builder he was. Let alone what he became as a far as a burnout champion is concerned. Yeah, now, I can't, you can whichever way we go, we can never go past Fitzy with his FC. Correct. We've it several times, 
but and the number of grand champion awards that he's won more than anybody else. But why was Fitzy so good? He could drive the damn thing. Correct. He could drive it. You know, it wasn't that he built uh, just that he built a terrific car, but the bastard could drive. <laughs> exactly. You know? and, and if you were going to kick him off his bloody off his perch, you better learn to drive that terrific car you built. Yeah. And anyway, there then. Um, I think, um, you know, in the early days, Mark Scaravuzzi with the green. Of course. <laughs> you know, like in the big noise that he made that he was going to blow everyone away in the burnout. And yeah. punched the fence. <laughs> well, what, he, what he, he didn't, he underestimated, and, of course, he's gone on to build drag chassis and stuff for people, that drag racing was a big influence to him. And yeah. what a lot of people didn't realise is on that burnout track how much rubber there was on the track. Mm. Right? And he, could, he couldn't get it to, you know, kept on hooking up. Mm. Like he couldn't get the tyres to couldn't spin. Get, couldn't get it spinning, yeah. It like a drag racing car. Correct. And, of course, you know, with all the noise he'd made, you know, going to be, well, when he ran into the fence, everyone's going, big <laughs> 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 you know, yeah. I almost felt sorry for him. Yeah, <laughs> almost. But then, then when we saw the, the, the graphics come in, and um and you know your XY and then Howard's um, what was Howard's X, XA wasn't it Yeah XA and, and the way yeah. the graphics developed Yeah in that whole thing and then that L was I think it was an LJ Tirana that came from Tassie from Tassie Yep extreme graphic Yeah and you All know over. Like, okay. and you know not many entrants came from Tassie as a no. effort to get the car on the boat and everything and and for the for that car to be such an extreme car in its own right. And so, you know, that, that was fantastic. Then <clears throat> Taverna, one of our judges, uh, a, a drag racing Camaro that he had, he painted the bloody thing pink. pink. Right? Now, what a statement, you know. And, and that's, so that had to stand out at, at a certain time. Correct. And when I first heard about, and I think his name, Howard Bell, that yes. Alex Tarana, yeah. right, with that engine in it, you know, that he had, like, like, I, I thought it might have been a Keith Black. Anyway, whatever it was, it was a big-inch engine, yeah. 479 cubic inch, with a Kinsler and, and a Motex injection on it. Yeah. Now, that car <clears throat> was an example of you'd look at the engine bay and go, wow, isn't this cool? But the engineering in that car was all the way through it. I think he was a, a, an aircraft engineer or something like that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. But that was a cool car. Um, now, then, then, then in the whole of the event was when Victor and Cuzzo were there with their yeah. with their wild bunch of cars driving yeah. up along Lunatic Lane, side yep. by side, going rat, rat, on the street. Yeah. And I thinking, oh, God, help us. I'm never going to make it through the day, you know, yeah. times like that. How the hell are we going to survive? Then um, on the judging side of things, of course, um, Troy Hillier, when he came with the XP, yeah. That was a very cool car in its own right. And even then when he sold it to the new owner, when yeah. it came back the green, it looked yeah. every bit as good as it did before. Yeah. Was a, that, was a, that was a real... Um, uh, What's a real groundbreaking car that was just one of the first... Yeah, that was yeah. the worst. Yeah. yeah, I love so that, that was car. A, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was... And, you Magic. know, I was about oh. today, the, you know, the, built, the boot lid tilted to the side. Yeah. Exactly. Stuff like that, you know, and all yeah. that. Sort Full of metal interior. interior. 
Paul the Roof was metal. Gold before and, it was yeah. green? Yeah. Was it? it was. It was, it was gold. Yeah. I had a poster on that on my wall when I was a kid. That was a cool car. Yeah. Um, and then, but going back a few years, uh, cars that were sort of benchmarked, that the sort of cars that you and I owned and knew about, like Billy Westwood's Falcon. Yeah. yeah. And, and like that, that there was no car that we knew in the, in the scene that was straighter than that car. I mean, no. it's almost a contradiction to say such a curved car. Yeah. The panels is straight. But that, yeah. was, that was close to perfect. That it was. That car. It was. It and was. was the, the benchmark that you measured everything else on. And how bloody sad it was that the thing got stolen. Yeah. And the circumstances under which it got stolen was just to, to, yeah. to, to this day, I'm still staggered. Yeah. That something got away with it. Absolutely. And of course, around that same time when Ronnie Barclay's ute turned up, and a lot of people wouldn't realise that what was one of the things that was special about Ronnie Barclay is that collared, uh, coral coloured. It was HQ, wasn't it? Yeah, HQ. <laughs> HQ. Yeah. Yeah. It was um, when when we moved from highly engineered cars, which were almost pro street drag racing cars underneath, to a car where everything had been taken off yeah. and made perfect yeah. and then put back on. Yeah. All the brake lines yeah. and fuel lines and yeah. everything was perfect. Re-engineered, we call that. Yeah. We, we yeah. started calling it re-engineering. Correct. You know, because what else would you call it? We, you know, for years we sort of called it detail. Yeah. But it was, there was so much of that car and that, that took us into a new era. And another car about that time, uh, which I ju- only just thought about, was, um, oh, yeah, mate, what's his first name? Hillman. Um, oh, Chris Hillman. Chris yeah. Hillman. Chris Hillman. Yeah. When he came in that Nissan Pintara. Yeah. And that wagon. And it was a wagon basically sit, sitting on top of a, 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 a Commodore, you know, a HSV Commodore running chassis. Well, it's not chassis, but all the bits on there. And, yeah. and you say, a Nissan Pintara? Why is that so good? <laughs> well, well, it made us look at ourselves, didn't it? Correct. And decide that, you know, when something comes in there with the big high-tech brakes and all of yeah. that sort of stuff, that's the era. Yeah. And, and that was what we had to do with the judging. We always had to sort of um, look forward as much as we're able to. And when a car like Chris's car came in, we had to say, oh, wow, you know, yeah. like, okay, this could be something coming. And so they say to the judges, if you're going to see this sort of thing again, we've got to be aware of it, you know. And so we, we're forever modifying our judging system in, in, as we look forward so that we could basically grasp what was going on. Now, that's whilst we were only talking about judging in that regard, there was so much about what people were doing with their cars right across the board mm. that this sort of thinking allowed us to think about those cars. I mean, um, you know, the horsepower heroes side mm. of things, we had to embrace what people were doing to those sorts of cars. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. That was high performance of a different sort. Look at Rob Vickery. Look at, remember the first time he, he yeah. started reaching those big numbers and people like that. Every part, and I was thinking that earlier when you're talking about the event, every part was just progressing and just growing, wasn't it? Every part of that event. Yeah, yeah. And and, um, and uh, that whole, I mean, there for a while when, when um, um, they the, the were running Horsepower Hero comp- competitions in other places in Australia to sort of qualify. Yeah, come that's to right. Some, you know, and that, that was an enormous 
um, part of it. And, and you know, people just like people that sit there at the burnout track and just hour after hour after hour, I've seen burnout after burnout. But that was their, their focus. It used to fascinate me, you know, we'd be doing the, the, the video and the DVD afterwards when we were doing cutting it all down. And, and the burnout had finished and the smoke would drift across through the crowd, <laughs> right? It was like a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> it would drift across through the crowd. And, and, and the, uh, there'd only be the smallest number of people going, oh, all the rest of them off. <laughs> Sucking it in. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny. You know, they'd sit there. And so the Horsepower Heroes was exactly the same. Yeah. You know, they'd sit in those grandstands hour after hour after hour because it mm. became like a, like yeah. some of, of the biggest, some of the biggest talking points of some summoners, I guess, would be, you know, uh, the the horsepower hero stuff, like with Todd Wilkes and Jason Gray and making that five hundred horsepower. Had like, there was no social media back then, but I remember it going around everywhere. It's like five hundred horsepower. That's insane. I, I remember Rob Vickery first broke. I forget what it was exactly what he did, but I, that was talking about that for a year, and everybody's wondering yeah. what he's going to do when he come back. And and, and it, what was also cool on his car was. The, the special, the engineering things that were being made, especially yeah. for it, because I, I seem to Rob uh, recall Rob having some things on that car that he specially made. He did. He did. Yeah, That's yeah, right. which yeah. probably wouldn't be, I don't know, I'm not hardly an expert on that stuff, hardly useful on the street, mm. but it was exactly what they wanted. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and Jake now, you know, Jake Edwards, Yes. What he's been doing with the car, like yeah. to make you know sixteen, seventeen hundred horsepower. And yeah, just crazy stuff. And, yeah. and I remember what we, when we when it was when I was having a, um, you know, when we were developing all of that, the thoughts, the thought that had to go into making the dynos. Yeah, yeah, correct. With it, you know, I remember the engine, uh, Dino Dynamics, who we, you know, we had as a sponsor for a long time. That oh, it was fascinating to go to their workshop down in Lilydale in in Melbourne, and and to just get involved in the R and D side of things, and listen to. I mean, that was just so cool that a company like that was. It was not only were they developing their own opportunity into into the business world, but the Horsepower Heroes was like a vehicle. Mm. Them to, to be able to do that stuff, it was fantastic, and I, you know, quietly, I was really proud of that sort of stuff. That, of that course. we were doing that, and and here's a business that was building stuff, especially for the summer. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Well, even though you didn't ask me, I'm going to tell you a couple of my favourite cars. Yeah. I always remember. My, one of my first cars was Wayne Pagel's Gas 69 Black Monaro. That yeah, is still yeah. today one of my favourite cars. And, yeah. and I, every time I see him, I, I remind him that uh, yeah. he's like me, yesterday's hero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, but a bit later, I mean, there are plenty of cars. I saw so many cars, but I got to like cars that were benchmark or the new benchmark and, and Mick Fabar's, Zero was definitely one of my favourite cars for the reason being that whole car was built to a zero footprint. And to think that anybody could build a street machine of that quality uh, to win to win grand champion and mm. build it to, to a zero footprint, I don't that's never been done anywhere in the world. That is no. such such a and I don't think that car ever got or the 
the whole um, build their ink got the the recognition it actually deserved because it's never been done anywhere in the world. So mm. that was uh, to build a car that good to such an elite standard. Yeah, so they're probably two of to my, there's plenty of others that are two of my favourite. And even up to last year, do you remember the black LJ that Paul Sant unveiled? We unveiled yeah. there. Oh, man, with a Sonny Leonard. What a killer car that was. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and to fit it in that that sort of car, not, not, not yeah. a lot of room in the engine bay, you know. No. Mm. And, and I really appreciate people like Paul Sant and, and Gary Myers and all the people that have kept coming back and bringing new cars and different mm. cars and unveiling. Uh, we have had so many good Cars, but good people, and just so much good has come. Yeah, Gary, would Gary be one of the, the biggest crossover sort of people who've gone like big in the burnouts, 100%. and then also in big in the in the show stuff. Well, it doesn't seem to be a lot of crossover like that. Gary, no, be, no, he is very unique. Funny. He's the only person that I know that has won top judge, yeah, and also, also won burnout masters. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. No, you you're right too. Because I mean, that silver bullet was that was a very oh, cool car, unbelievable yeah. car. You know, and I, I thought, like, when I, because I was, you know, I was fortunate enough to go to his workshop down in Narandra, um, when it was, I guess, probably three-quarters of the way done. Yeah. But, but, but still bare enough for me to see some of the stuff he's done. Yeah. But but I, I, I've got to give a bit of a future nod to thinking forward, and it might be a while, unfortunately, with... COVID-19 going on, the car that Fitzy has built, you know, that he took to SEMA. Oh, yeah, the, the 30, the 35 coupe, the, yeah. Yeah, that, yep. that's a car um, that, and like many cars, you see something in, on face value and you say, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool, you know, with the colour and the wheels and it. it's got this and that in it. But but if people could get the get the opportunity to ha- have a close look as I have underneath it and all, hundred percent. We don't get yeah. the opportunity that often to to stand with somebody and, and go through the great detail that people have gone to make yeah. very unique aspects of yeah. their car. I mean, that's a good thing about what you and I have done to each other. You know, when yeah, and you've offered you've countless times used to come over to my office on. Friday evening and say, well, come when you come over tonight, go and have a look at such and such this. car. Yeah. And you did all the time. Yeah. And, and even though there was a, a shed full of fabulous cars, I'd go and find yeah. that one year and one that stands out that year when yeah. it was a 50, 55, uh, no, was it 56, no, 55 and 56 Chevy. Laurie, Laurie Grimer Chevy. Yeah. And yeah. I've gone over there and I'm thinking, because I've come from one end and I'm saying, where's this bloody 56 he's talking about? Drive, <laughs> 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 you idiot. <laughs> That's just an example of, of the, really, of the things that people do to create something unique. Well, you talk, year, you, talk about uni- you talk about unique, Chick. The, the other car that never really got the accolades it deserved in Australia was uh, Rod Hatfield's 55. That car, that was like 10 years in the build. Yeah. Everything was engineered, the Merlin engine. Like that That car was just, to think that car was built in Australia, again, nothing built like that anywhere in the world. No. That was something else. And, and it was a, a privilege to be able to hear it run. When <laughs> you started it up, oh man, it was a mad car. And and I mean, for what people 
that don't um, know exactly what we're talking about, it, it had a, a Rolls-Royce Merlin engine in it. Yeah, which and, they used in, in the Mustang fighter planes. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was and it was painted up to look like a Mustang plane with all the the, the the pop rivets and screws and everything. Yeah. It was an amazing, amazing car. Yeah. And, and um, you know, the, that he got a, a gearbox attached to it and, and and he was able to start it like, you know, he didn't have to spin the propeller to start it. And <laughs> all that, sort of, that, was, that was truly amazing. It, it, it was. It's a car that, again, I guess there's so much going on at different times and there's a lot of good cars around at that time and that car was not so much ahead of its time. It was just engineered more than anything else of its yeah. time. I don't think a lot of people really understood it. That was the... No, I think you're right too. Because yeah. they'd have probably been a bit overwhelmed by just the yeah. feel of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I judge it and I was overwhelmed by it. Like, it's just, yeah. there's no end to it. Yeah. Hey, listen, yeah. we've um, we've only got, we've got to wrap this up. So, Jay Benz, I'm going to think... give you one more question to each of us. One more question. <laughs> okay. I want to know who some of the, like all the car people you know aside, who are some of the coolest people you've ever met at Summoners? Like they're just coming through there. It could be, you know, through through music or anything like that and then like maybe a little story attached to that. Oh, okay. I, I, I think probably the maddest person that I've ever come across <laughs> is Bubbles. Yeah, exactly. And, and the year that he dressed up in the $5 worth of bloody gold and he was catching some of that. You know, that yeah. I thought I was going to die. I was laughing so much. Man, I was choking. Oh, yeah. man. And, I mean, you know what's cool about him is that for years he brought a new car to every event. Every event. Yep. Years. Yep. And, I mean, that, that in itself was a, was a cool thing. And, and, like, it was he was so enthusiastic about the whole thing. He'd ring me up and go crook about stuff and, Tell me stuff I didn't know about and everything like that. And he still is. You know, I see a bit on Facebook and he still carries on. Yeah. About stuff. But, I mean, that was the depth of passion. Yeah. Had. And you wouldn't give him the time of day. <laughs> like he, he, was, he was a short guy with the big fat guts. But he was, he, he was massive. A bit like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> funny guy. Funny guy. Yeah. Um, Way up on the top end of it all, I suppose, it's really hard. It is because there, there's, there's so many people and, like, I, I would say all the people in the judging team, especially uh, like John, Taverner and Laurie, mm. who, who have both left us now, but they just left such an impression on me. But um, one person in particular that, for me, was Troy Trapani and I'd met him before oh, some yeah, but, yeah, course, but yeah. why he was particularly... Um, stand out to me it, it brought the american culture we brought the american culture to the australian and that the, the mm. just gelled so well and i know there's just countless australians that have gone to his shop and he welcomes them and he just loves australians and so it was really good to be able to make that connection i think we've made that really strong so he's probably yeah. a real standout for me yeah and a, and a great friend now We're yeah of course Absolutely, he's a ripper guy. Um, I suppose an unusual character that sort of stands out because I mean, over the years I've met a lot of really cool people, and there's no doubt. Yeah, about absolutely. It. You know the conversations and stuff like that with, you know, and some of the sponsors and and stuff like that. But probably a, an unusual person 
you know, from a ma- from his skill and his depth of enthusiasm and his focus, probably Paul Bennett. Yeah, absolutely. Paul Paul's he, awesome. He's not a guy that, that you'd warm to straight up. You know, but God, well, if, he doesn't he doesn't suffer fools, and that's why really he, not, he can yeah. put people off. But I'm with you; he's built some of the greatest cars, and he's got such a great mind. Yeah, yeah, you know, and 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 yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd never be able to work out some of the other people that stand out. I mean, one, yeah. one of the biggest characters I had to deal with. You know, really was. I mean, one person I love working with was Lawrence Legend when we were trying yeah. to get all the stunts and stuff. I know like you loved him. But the guy who did the fireworks on Saturday on Saturday night, Harold Upton. Well, there was this unbelievable love hate relationship <laughs> between him and the government. <laughs> and they really yeah, he, was, he was trying to blow them up. <laughs> yeah, get on to him. He needs to put in his plan so we can approve him. And, uh, and I used to have to draw. I used to have to draw it all up, all the distances and everything like that. Yeah. So you had to do it, you know, like the way all these safety parameters and everything like that. <laughs> but dealing with him, working with him to create that firework show every Saturday night was a, was fantastic. Yeah. Because I loved I loved Saturday night. You know, yeah, I, I loved all that. But but it, oh god, every year that I get this phone call. Get sent an email. Can you get him to bloody send it in? Oh my god, damn! I mean, there were so many characters that I had to work with over the years. You know, some of the people that like security guys that yeah. was oh man, no hard work. But but they they would die for me. They would die yeah. for me. I, I swear yeah. to God, those guys. Lizzie from Sydney. He was such a lovely man. But put, can you put in your bloody information, Izzy? <laughs> and, and that and that is one one crazier thing than I am. <laughs> and that's that's one thing, Chick. We we through all the interviews that we did, which we're gonna talk about and give people this is a bit of an insight into that. Um, that the loyalty was something that really stood out, the loyalty to you. You had some great people around you and obviously you were very good to them and uh the loyalty was something really special. So Yeah, and, mate. And, I, and that's what I felt too. And and I never yeah, I, I never took any. I never wanted anybody to think I took it for granted. You know, no, no, so nobody did. That yeah. you know, I had so many people that loved the event just as much as I did. Yeah. And can I ask cool before thing. we sort of wrap up? One more question is: Do you have a, a favourite summer that's even for a, for any reason at all that sits in your mind? You always think about that. That I, both of you guys. I do, and it was and it was one, and I'll tell you why. Not because it was the first event, but I had a brand new car there. That was the, and I got to meet Rick Dobberton, who I'd seen his car, and then plus I, my good mate was Johnny Cannon. He had his pro street car, and there was all these pro street cars, and we were all just done stuff together. And so that was, I mean, I've had some, I've loved every event, and so it's hard to really, but I just for those reasons it was really good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't really, which seems odd. Um, and the one thing I don't want to talk about are the, are the events that of where the strongest memory is because they were the memory of things that were horror stories. That, yeah, that, of course. And, and, yeah. and so that's why certain events stood out yeah. um, more than anything else. And, and even though I can, you know, t- talk about, once again, the fireworks here when we, we let off the bloody, um, uh, the, the, the atomic cloud 
set yes. up the comic book awesome. <laughs> and I said, how come you broke it into three? He said, I got scared. Yeah, it would have blown the grandstand over. He ended up with one, it would have blown the grandstand over. And um, oh, just, just, there the, were the, the countless bits and pieces. Was yeah. there ever a band, so, was there ever like the music side of things, Chick, was there ever a band you always wanted to get and they were almost close and then or something happened and, you know, because I know that seemed to be a big part of that whole, you know. I was always on his case to get cold chisel. <laughs> oh, oh, Billy Thor. Remember I used to always try to get, yeah, trying to get Billy Thor. It's funny that you should say that because I, I, I went to school with his promoter. There you go. I met him in Sydney um, just after he came back to live in yep. Australia from the yep. USA. I remember and, that. Uh, and we were seriously talking about having him there. But the appearance fee was just outrageous. Yeah. And so, but but it was very close. And a lot of people don't realise that Billy Thorpe was a very, very good guitarist. guitarist yeah. I was actually listening to his music today. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah, Funny. Yeah. Yeah. And so that I was pretty close, but the 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 price was still just too high. But yeah. no, no, I was I, I always thought, you know, it was, it was good fun having sweaty palms there for yeah. years. And um and Dirty Pierre telling jokes as well as running the wet T-shirt competition. Oh, I swear to God, every now and again, Dirty Pierre would tell a joke and I'd look out at Grant and they'd all be going, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd think, oh, man. <laughs> I don't know how we get away with some of this stuff. But um, no, one of the most interesting bands I had there, and for the life of me, I can't think of what they're called. They were from Brisbane and they, they, they did covers on... Um, uh, Deep Purple, Akadaka, yeah. uh, Guns N' Roses, and someone else, someone else. Anyway, um, who, who, did, uh, who did Slash used to play with? Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses, Guns yeah. Roses. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. They're, they're playing. And I had them there, I think, three or four times. Yeah, I remember them. Yeah, that's right. And, and a guy said to me out the outside, how the hell did you afford to get Slash here? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, no worries. <laughs> that was so good. But, but yeah, I, you know, another band I had there, I loved having there. They called them the VBs. They were a local band. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we worked out a deal. We'd call the bar where they played um, the Temple of Horsepower. <laughs> and, that, and they played in there. And we put a song book together with all their songs because their <laughs> lyrics were out of control there. Lyrics are oh, yeah, yeah, I remember them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you don't want your mother-in-law to listen to the song. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I walked into the bar there Saturday afternoon and there's all the deadheads in there having a beer but singing to the out of the songbook. No <laughs> 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 worries. Jeez, I love what I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing they were good at, they used to cook sausages up at the stage. People come while they're planning to come up and get a sausage. <laughs> anyway, I, 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 and that's that was the sort of crazy shit we were able to do, and I loved it. You know, it was, awesome. it was that's why it's hard to find any one. Yeah, yeah, of course. It was just all sorts of stuff that we're able to do, which is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Awesome. I think we're yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on, Chick. Really appreciate your time, mate. And there's. Oh, you'll what get to you in a sec, Webby. I'm starting start at the top of the pecking order, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I didn't ask you about your favourite cars, mate. <laughs> it's all right. I'll, I'll get over it. <laughs> oh, good it's no, been thanks. great to have a yarn. Absolutely. Thanks, Chick. Really good to Absolutely. catch up, mate. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, no, it's cool. Yeah, it was a, it's a labour of love. There's no doubt about it. It I'm is. Really proud of the fact that, you know, I've been able to do that and it's brought so much enjoyment to so many people in so many ways. So there's a bit of an announcement that there's some really cool new Summonats merch coming. So make sure you follow all the Summonats socials because all will be revealed uh, in the coming weeks. There'll be You'll be able to get it and I'm told it could all sell out. So keep an eye on it. And if you want some, don't hesitate. Get on there and buy it. I'm going to get on there and buy it. Webby will probably get some for nothing, but I'll have to get it for nothing. <laughs> Well, like Tick said, he said uh, I should have been work. I should have been uh, on the staff there at Summonet. So this might be my favourite scene. <laughs> Perfect. And just to t- touch on that again, so there's a six-part series coming up with Chick in the next couple of weeks. That's just audio, but you guys going to give us some insight over the how it's going to work, Webby? Yeah. Look, I um, Andy Andy got on to me back early in the piece when the whole coronavirus thing, and and plus also wanted to we wanted to have. Um, like the history of Summonats. We wanted mm. to actually have it recorded or down somewhere. So uh, we, we put together a, a, just a small crew and we've done um, many, many, many hours and we've put it into a six-part series of about, about 30 minutes, 35 minutes for each section. And yeah. it just goes right back from the beginning right through the, the Summonats. So it's a bit of a history or it's a history of Chick and the Summonats. So it's it's there it'll be there archived forever so i think we're really really fortunate and what it made me realize when we're putting it together that how i guess we touched on a bit tonight but in a in a bigger way in this in the series we it's just been such a big part of so many people's lives and uh and chick and myself have been so proud to be able to lay that platform for so many people so yeah, really yeah. good. And, and and I really make a point at the end that it sounds like we're talking about the end, but it's actually, it's I call it the mm. Chick, Chick came along at the crossroads at that time and then Andy and his team came along at the next crossroads and then we've yeah. gone down another and path. It's building, and, building, yeah, and it's building and building. Building again. So, and so, yeah, yeah, it gets better and better every year, you know. Like It I, does. Yeah, things like Skid Row, what, it, what that's changed the whole side of that summer that's you know, yeah. side of that the uh, event there, you know, and lo- lots of things coming. And, you know, I no doubt that people at home this year will be ready to go for Summonats uh, 34 in 2021. So make sure you get your entries and your tickets in, was my next point, because the event will sell out and the entries will fill up. Yeah, it's already, sure. I think it's up above 1,500 entrants now. Is that right, Owen? Yeah, that's correct. So that's only a few hundred left. You know, here's 2,000, it's shut the doors. So make sure if you want to come, get your tickets in, get your entries in. And, you know, you can also get your uh, spectator tickets now if you want to do that. Yeah. All right. That's it for season one of the Write It Out podcast. Uh, yeah. This is sad goodbye, but it's not for long. <laughs> no, no, look, and I'd just like to thank all the team, as we, do, we mentioned there, uh, Andy and his crew and then Jack, but also all the punters that have, uh, that have oh, tuned yeah. in and listened to us and made some great comments and, yeah, just enjoyed all the guests we've had on. And, of course, working with you has been great, Ben. so... Awesome. Thanks, mate. And to you too, mate. See you soon. Awesome. All right. I'd say we'd see you next Tuesday, but <laughs> we'll be back. All right. That's it. Cheers. We'll catch up. See ya. See ya. All right. Cool.